When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to Business in Heels podcast, the podcast that inspires and educates women in business globally to succeed. Now, over to your host, Anne Marie Cross. Hi and welcome to episode 15 of the Business and Heels podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Joining me on today's show is Sonia Karras and Sacha Kaluri. Sonia and Sacha are both TV and radio presenters. They are parenting experts, official ambassadors for Women's Entrepreneurship Day United Nations. Now, they've both contributed to the Herald Sun and Fairfax Media. They are youth motivational speakers and authors of international book, The Two Worlds of Your Teenage. In fact, there is no one else in the industry that is specializing in working with teenagers and parents on all levels. Seeing students every day in schools, working with corporates that employ teens, and well as working with parents, and also with services that help young women and young people, they've been involved in it all. Now on today's show, Sonia and Sasha are going to share insights that will enable you to gain an insight into teenagers' lives. You'll also be able to learn real tips and strategies on how to work and deal with teenagers and the issues that they have. So it's going to be a great show. Welcome to the show, ladies. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having us on. This is a topic I think that every parent and even employer that is dealing with teenagers would have a million questions. And of course, you've been involved in this for, for many years and contributing to, to this particular industry, which I think is, is just so needed. So firstly, just thumbs up for the great and amazing work that you both are doing. Ah, oh, thank you so much. Thank That's you. Kind of you. From coming from a queen, we're very flattered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, thanks. Look, teenagers. I mean, we were all teenagers at one stage. For for some of us, it's a lot longer than uh, than for others. But it, it's a difficult time frame, isn't it? It's a difficult period, especially with all the pressures going on in their lives. In fact, actually, society is making it a little bit more difficult as the years go on, mm-hmm. and with social media and things changing so rapidly but I guess that we need to make the best out of a situation so we're giving parents some really great advice and and making young people feel good about themselves and letting them realize that this is actually although a can sometimes be a stressful time it's a really exciting time and it's exciting time 
right now to be able to have the opportunities that they're having so it's good yeah if I think back to when I was a teenager and I mean this is dating me for sure I mean we did not even have mobile phones um you know the internet anything like that and so as you were growing up I mean we've all done silly things you know it's just part of who, who we are but to think now with the technologies and as you said social media if I can just imagine if someone captured some of the silly things that I did back in my and, and uploaded that to the internet my goodness what 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 pressures let's talk about the insights into teenagers lives the things that you share that'll help us really yeah be able to support them better are there things that we're doing that perhaps we should change or look at an approach differently what are some things that you'd like to share today firstly it wasn't it great to have that freedom that we had that you know when we did <laughs> yeah. stupid stuff no one knew except exactly. us and whoever we chose to tell which yeah. was pretty cool I guess probably the bigger one of the biggest changes that we've uh, recognised in the last or seventeen years of doing this has been the has been social media and um, you know lots of young people just don't have that part of their brain that is developed properly yet mm. to actually think at, think it through and 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 you know take a step back and have a, a breather before they actually react or post something. We've got lots of stories of young people who've just done really crazy, silly things online and then later on after having a little discussion with them, it's sort of really the, the gravity of that kicks in and the kind of layers of explosions go off in their mind mm. about, oh, okay, repercussions, repercussions. So um, we have lots of conversations with young people about about that yes. um, and we remind them of the, the things that they are posting and the, and the, the repercussions of that and, and then also to flip it and get them to actually take control and make their social media work for them, particularly when they're thinking about a, a career. So, mm -hmm. you know, when I speak to young people in schools, my topics are around drugs, alcohol, safe partying, night clubbing, you know, celebrating safely, getting them to survive their weekends. Um, and so, you know, often they'll, they'll post silly things that have happened on the weekend mm -hmm. on their social media and then I'll say to them, okay, well, what are the kinds of things that could come from that? If an employer sees that picture, what do you think they're going to think about you? And, um, you know, they have... Uh, capabilities of finding out and doing searches and most employers are doing that now you know and if they can't find stuff they'll give it to their IT gurus to go in and have a little look as well so um, you know and they sort of go into victim mentality straight away oh no I've screwed it up and I can't believe that I've mm. done it it's so silly and it's like, okay well come on let's think about it from another perspective if you want to get into a particular industry you can actually make your social media absolutely work for you so you know, post things that are relevant to the industry that you want to get into and show your future employer that you've got a, a great understanding of the industry and that you've, you're able to put out there really smart, interesting, great content, uh, you know, pertaining to that particular industry and make it work for you. Mm, so true. Do you think as parents, I mean, the way that you just explained it and the way you've interacted with those teenagers was, was really, it's informative and it's empowering as well. Do you think sometimes as parents, when we have that conversation, we come from more of a, you know, criticism um, aspect of things or critical aspect and that's why sometimes the conversation can become quite heated. Do parents, if they model the way that you've just shared that, look, you know, if, you, if you're sharing things on the internet, it, would you want your employer or a future employer to, to see that? What's it going to, you know, what's the message that it's portraying? Can we have better conversations with our teens when we're talking about this sort of thing? Oh, absolutely. Everything that Sonia and I say, it always comes from two minds. So we've been working with young people for the past 17 years and we know these strategies on how to communicate with them and how to work with them and how to give them the best ideas for their life. But we understand that 
even though we're giving parents these strategies and these ideas on what they can do, on how they can actually best communicate, we know that sometimes, sometimes it often goes out the window when you mix life in with it. So one of the things that we always talk about is here's the ideas, here's how you can best communicate, but understand that, um, you know, mix love in it and stress and financial pressures and relationship pressures and work and all of that stuff and then they come at you at your crisis but you're in a crisis mode in yourself, it doesn't necessarily always go to plan. So we kind of try and give you the strategies on how to manage them in both aspects and absolutely the way that we would be speaking to young people because, you know, if my child's putting something online, um, then I'm going to come with, how could you do that? Like, mm. you know, do you understand how it's going to affect it? Because it's, it's affecting my life and my child. Whereas when it's when Sonia and I are actually speaking to someone, we can take a bit more of an, an, an objective view and, and give them kind of a bird's eye view from their life. So we always say to parents, check in how you're actually speaking to them and when you're speaking to them. So think about um, the time of day that you're communicating with them. So sometimes they may not want to have that conversation straight after school or while you're cooking dinner. They may want to have that conversation at 10 o'clock at night, but that's when you're you're, at, you're most exhausted and you've, you know, your plate is almost full. That mm-hmm. As a parent, I can feel us all rolling our eyes in the back of our head going, oh, my God, like I can't believe I'm, you're asking me to give them the last bit of myself. And that's exactly when they're going to want it, mm-hmm. that last bit of yourself when you've got nothing more to give and that's the best time that you can communicate with them and, and try and strip yourselves of those emotions and say, hey, <clears throat> right now I want to panic and I can't believe that you're putting this stuff online, but I also let's, let's take another look at it. Let's try and look at the positive stuff. And even if you have, what's the learning from it? Like you have put something online or you've done something that people know about, what's the learning that you can take of this? Because yeah. I also look at it and think right now we're also in a stage where um, employers are definitely looking at, you know, some of the behaviour that people have had online or what they've actually learnt off people. But I can honestly say in the next 10 years, the people that will actually be judging you will have their own stuff about them online themselves. Mm-hmm. So the level of judgment will actually change. Yes, yeah. I may not have some photos of me with my head down the toilet vomiting because I've had too many drinks, <laughs> but, um, but you know, in 10 years' time, that'll be in the norm. Everyone will go, oh, I've got that, so what do you want? I'm not going to judge you on it, and, and people are going to have a different aspect. Not that we're promoting them to put that online about themselves, but what we're actually saying is, you know, have – understand what they may be going through and their own lessons mm-hmm. um, and have those conversations because sometimes the the valuable lesson from it is so much more important than the actual little the thing that's really happened yeah and I think as teenagers and parents individually they can always assume that oh my goodness I'm the only one oh my goodness my child is the only one who's doing it unfortunately that's not the case at all you're not alone and just to speak on the adults I mean we've had people that have approached us to want to partner with us or be guests on the show so we've done a bit of a google to see what you know what they're talking about is is it is in fact their expertise some of the things that we find I mean there have been more than one occasion that we've gone "Mm, 
nah, not no, they're not not aligned with our values. So even as adults, unfortunately, you know, we can un be putting out the wrong message. So this this certainly isn't just uh, to teenagers. Let's talk about, and this is something I think that many parents now struggle with, and young people too, particularly with the the social media bullying. It's become so much more prevalent, unfortunately, where um, people now are taking to the internet to really criticize and, and hate on people. It's a struggle, isn't it, for all parties? Oh, absolutely. And it, it, it gets people in their most vulnerable time because you can literally be at home in your own comfort zone being attacked. So um, it certainly is quite, a, a, it's certainly a really big issue right now. Mm -hmm. And I guess the biggest thing that Sonia and I always say is not to um, get caught up in it, not to read it, not to look at it, not to, you know, and I know that is easier said than done um, and it takes quite a lot of skill and quite a lot of um, years to be able to understand that but mm. to be able to get it into their head as soon as possible to say it is none of my business what is written about me online rather than coming from a, oh, what are they writing and getting involved in it and, and even hearing parents, uh, young people hearing parents speak about it, like what people are saying, get it the moment that you can possibly feed it into your children's head, who cares what anyone thinks about you? Who cares? Mm. I'm not going to mm. live my life according to somebody else or what some hater is going to put like a few lines on, on online about me or say about my face. Yes. Like it just needs to be a constant message that you're getting in. And I understand people will say, but you don't understand and this is what's happened to me. It has to be a message that you put in your children's head from the moment they can understand it. Who cares what anyone thinks? Mm. Because mm. I know that from my own point of view, it's the biggest freedom to be able to go, I don't actually care. I don't care. Yeah. I'm not interested. It's a, it's free. You can write what you want. You can say what you want. You can criticise me all you like. But I don't actually care. Mm. And, and sometimes those bullies um, will say things because they really want to get a reaction from you, don't they? And when you do give them the reaction that they're looking for, which is to um, give them that feedback or, and really show that it is upsetting you, then that just adds fuel to the fire. Um, so that, uh, you know what, I can't control what they say, but I certainly can control the way it allows me to impact yeah. myself and I don't care. Yeah. It's such a good strategy, yeah. That's all we can do, as even as adults, because we've come across lots of adults that are being bullied in workplaces mm. and in, in you know different situations as well. So we give strategies certainly about you know um, uh, ignoring or coming back with uh, a non-descript reaction, just mm. to, oh maybe maybe yeah you know that's what you think maybe, um, and and sort of you know throwing it back on the bully and showing them that you're actually not affecting me or flooding them with positivity. Like we've seen so many examples um, across, over the years of, of situations where, especially online, and we'll sit back because we've got lots of young people who follow us online and we'll look at some of the conflicts and some of the situations mm -hmm. online and it's just incredible the turn that the thread takes when somebody comes on and just floods positivity mm -hmm. across. It's, it's incredible what happens yes. um, in that situation. It really can actually turn things around and shut it down. Yeah. So yeah. in terms of strategies for, for young people, um, and it depends on the level of bullying as well. If, there's, if it's a constant, hideous, you know, um, consistent just attack, then, you know, you need to document, you need to screenshot, you need to be talking to parents and, and talking to teachers and principals and, and um, you know, and really alerting everybody to this because we know that bullying kills in Australia. Mm. So we have to be serious about it. But if it's, 
if it's a you know at a level where you can sort of come back with some of those strategies that we give them in terms of shutting it down or or, or reversing it into positivity um then you know then everybody wins i think so we've just got to we just got to but the main thing is we need to keep on talking we have yeah, to keep absolutely. on talking to our kids and we have to keep on talking to our employees and seeing where they are i think the smartest companies in the world right now are cottoning on to the fact that it's a different generation young people now need to feel emotionally connected and secure in their workplace as well it's not just about leaving problems at the door and come and do your job and get you know and leave at the end of the day we've got companies who are actually employing um you know uh, offices or, or uh, it's, it's at the level of a CEO, you know, where they say you are here purely to make sure that our employees' well-being is taken care of, mm. and they're the smart companies, you know, because it's 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 different these days. It's everyone needs to feel that level of emotional attachment and that they're being looked after as well. Yeah, and I think what you said there about um, having that open lines of communication is so key. And it was back to something you said earlier about okay, it might be at the end of the day, but if our child has approached us and wants to have that conversation, I mean, to shut that down or say, look, I'll talk to you later, or whatever, that moment could be the moment that they open up because they want to share something with us and we could just miss that to the point that our child might think, well, mum or dad don't really care about what I'm feeling, so they'll just lock it up inside of themselves, which is what we absolutely don't want. We want to, them to feel safe and trusting enough to come and share what's going on for them so that we can give them the support, yes? Well, then the other thing is, if you do, uh, don't be hard on yourself as a parent. And if, for example, you do shut them down at that moment because your own life is in a bit of a crisis, mm. be vulnerable with them the next day and say, hey, but last night I'm really sorry I couldn't talk because you know, I had some stuff going on and please give me another chance. And I didn't mean it to be come across that way, but, um, you know, these, this and this is happening in my own life. And be vulnerable with your own feelings and really just say, I'm sorry, I, I shut you down. You know, I, I want you to know that I'm always here. Mm-hmm. And maybe the next time, the next night, say, hey, can we chat? I, I want to tell you what's going on with me, but I really want to hear what's going on with you as well. Yeah. Rather than always thinking that, you know, you've got your life together, let them see that you've got your own vulnerabilities. Yes. You really build uh, a level of respect, don't you, doing that? Because that vulnerability shows that, um, yeah, you, and you are modelling for them what they can do too, that if, look, if they've made a mistake or or they want to come back and, and open that communication, you've modelled beautifully how they can do that too. Yeah. It's just a perspective, you know. It's going into this time of, of parenting, looking at it in a different way, eyes open and saying, all right, because developmentally we know that there's a time in their lives where they will think that we don't know anything and that we have no idea what's going on in their life and no one understands me and we will no no one gets what's happening to me no one's ever been through this before you know those kinds of remember those things that went through your head when you were a teenager um you know relating to your parents so you know just take those opportunities when they present themselves well we look at that as you know we give advice to parents say when they come to you try even though it's the worst possible time just try if you can and just say, okay, because sometimes, you know, anything more than a grunt is going to excite you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean you can put two syllables together? That's wonderful. How <laughs> was school, Mum? Uh, what'd you do? Uh, you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> That's right. I mean, some parents, are just, you're just like, if I hear two or three words coming out of my child's mouth, I'm excited. It's a good conversation. It's, yeah, it's like, yeah. hallelujah, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> what other um, areas do you speak about that you're really seeing a, a challenging times for teenagers so that we can better support them as, as parents? Uh, well, I speak my topics around careers and um, how is it that a young person even comes up with the idea of what it is that they do for a career. So a lot of the time, they're, well, a lot of the time they're actually feeling quite stuck. They're not sure where they want to go, what they actually want to do. And the advice that I always give them is to go back to the basic side of themselves and say, what is it that you like to do? So it's got nothing to do with career nothing to do with how you could possibly get paid for it right now but let's look at what is it that makes you happy when you are doing this and sometimes it's actually often the first time that they've asked themselves that question so they may not necessarily get the answer straight away mm -hmm. it just mm -hmm. means that they'll start to ask themselves notice when am I at my best what am I talking about what am I watching on YouTube till three o'clock in the morning what is it and oh, I don't care what the topic is you know, I'm not interested in what the actual, you know, I'm up, up till 3 o'clock in the morning watching makeup tutorials. Okay, well, what's that telling you? Oh, mm -hmm. I'm up until 3 o'clock in the morning watching, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle reruns. Okay, what is that telling you about yourself? What can you learn about that? Because that's almost like a little secret or a little whisper that life is actually telling you something about you and you need to get to know you because mm -hmm. that's when you're at your greatest. Yes. So what you know, I look back on every single report from Prep to Year Twelve. It says I talk too much in class. You know, <laughs> and it wasn't until I was old enough that I, can't, I looked back and went, "Oh my God, the very thing that I've loved doing my whole life is talking." So find a way to get paid to talk. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so you need to look back at that little thing. Mm. And I think as parents, sometimes we we don't really know. And I mean, on my background for a number of decades was in the career industry too. Some of the jobs that our, our youngsters are going to get into down the track have not even been invented yet. And, you know, so the traditional jobs that many of the parents or the older parents anyway, wanting for it for our kids um, may not be around or may not be as, as, as you know, viable for, for them. So it's important as parents to have an open discussion with our kids so they don't feel like the career choices are being forced upon them, yes? Oh, absolutely, because one of the things is that I understand that parents come from um, from fear because they want their kids to be financially secure. They never want them to experience the hardships that we've done or how hard that we've worked or we, we want them to have the easy life as mm. much because we, we love them. They're everything to us. So we want to make sure that we they choose a career that will give them um, – some financial prosperity in their life, you know. And so when they're coming at you and saying, I want to be a YouTuber, you're like, oh, my <laughs> gosh, like how are you going to make money out of that? Like do you understand that you need money to pay for your mobile phone and, uh, you know, your mm -hmm. your mind's mm -hmm. like got a minefield and then and they come at you whereas you're saying you need to go and study, you need to do this. And we're certainly not saying don't go and do those things. We're saying educate yourself as much as possible yes, but also yes. go and find out what it is that you like to do. So if you want to be a YouTuber, well, you find a way to do that, but also keep studying the industry that you want to get into so that you know exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's incredible the way that um, technology and other things are really developing. Sometimes, as you said, developing those skills <laughs> and also life skills too is all is really going to support whatever decision. And I think one of the things that has become very apparent is that 
things are changing all the time. So the skills to be able to pick things up, learn things quickly, adapt and change in, in is going to be so incredibly useful for, for youth as they continue to evolve. Correct. Yeah. 100%. And they need um, and they need lots of lessons about resilience because we've got lots of young people who who you know who struggle when they when they have their first heartbreak or their first um, experience of rejection or, or loss and they're falling apart. So I, I'm seeing that a lot in in the topics that I talk about when I go to schools. I say what's going on. I always ask the teachers, what do I need to know before I head into the room? And, and overwhelmingly. Um, the answer is anxiety, depression, anxiety, depression. And, you know, some of that stems from um, drug use and some of that stems from just not having opportunities to create strength in themselves because they've never been allowed to make mistakes or had those situations occur where they've failed and they've had to pop back up again. Yeah. So mm. as many of those as we can instill in them as, as parents as well, let them fall down and yeah. let them fail. What do you think about, and I, and, and I heard this from a number of parents who have yet very young ones when it comes to sporting, that some of the sporting organisers now are really taking away the winning of a team. So, you know, obviously, well, this team won because they had more points and is really rewarding. I mean, obviously, I, I can get both port, port sides of the story because both have, you know, cons and, and pros and cons, I should say, but rewarding kids yes for participating but not having kind of you know a winner or a loser again that's all learning it from a young age that hey okay we tried but look good on us for, for giving it a go but you know so there is that small amount of resilience being built what do you think about that that we're kind of taking that all away and, and almost like surrounding them with cotton wool almost that's the feedback I'm getting from young parents well I think that when you're learning something that like so if we, you know if you sent me out to play a, learn a sport so if I decided okay today I'm going to learn how to play basketball I have no skills in it don't know what I'm doing and I'm just going to learn and then all of a sudden you put me into a playing field where I'm now being competitive then and I come out and I don't win then maybe I might come out and say oh well how was I supposed to do that so I think when we're learning there's no need to make it competitive. But once you feel that everybody has a basic skill that can start to feel my way around and play the game and I get the rules and I get the concept of it and what's going on, then it needs to be win or lose because that's what life is all about. Hmm. So we start off knowing, understanding the rules, start off understanding how to play the game. In, in That's in life. You know, get yes. the rule, get the basics, get to start and start playing and, and learning and then once you feel like you're ready, then we go out and then we'll be competitive. And then you'll actually start to say, now I'm going to take it to the next level. Now I'm going to learn the next basic stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, now, so certainly when they are learning, because the last thing you want them to do is to say, well, I'm not good enough and I'm not going to try because I'm not as good as every, anybody else. But once they've got some skills, then we certainly need to say, well, this is exactly what life is really all about. Yes. And I guess that determines as a coach, um, specifically in a sporting arena, when a coach says, no, guys, I think that you've got enough basic skill to be able to take it to the next level mm -hmm. and, and compete against that. Because I certainly wouldn't go out there and do something for the very first time that I had no idea about and put myself on a, on a competitive way. I wouldn't do that because I know that I wouldn't win or that I wouldn't even have a chance. And I probably wouldn't be out there learning any skills because I'd be constantly bagging myself going, oh, they're better, they're this, they're, you know. Mm -hmm. um, 
once I've got some ideas, then bang, send me out there to put some learning lessons in me. Yeah. And it's all about balance, isn't it? Anything is about Absolutely. balance. Mm. And that's when a good coach will know. A good coach will know, hey, you guys are ready. You guys are ready to go out there and, and really do something for yourself. And, Anne-Marie, in, in terms of um, the ability to grow from those situations as well, is that I think one of the most important questions that Sasha and I have asked our little children from the time that they could understand was, how did that make you feel? How did that situation make you feel? And if you open up that sort of way of communicating from a really young age, um, that is so powerful. They'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I, yeah, I felt really crap, Mum, when, when I lost that game. Well, did you? Yeah, well, sometimes that's going to happen in life. But are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. All right, well, do you think you would like to try it differently next time? Yeah, I think I will. How could we do that? That little question there is a, mm. is a game changer, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of keeping those lines of communication open right up into their young adulthood. How does that make you feel? How did that little situation make you feel? How could we do that better next time? And just having a little, you know, analysis of, of, of how they're going but say, and letting them go, well, yeah, if you didn't put the work in, then that's yeah. what happens, buddy. Mm. That's what happens. And does that feel great? No, it doesn't. Well, what's going to happen next time? Yeah, I'm going to do it like that. Yes. Okay. Good. You know what I mean? That 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 just it yeah. just a valuable me. lesson because that's what we do as adults. All right, we set an outcome, yeah. we didn't quite achieve it. Let's just revisit, take a step back. What can we do differently so next time we can get a better outcome that we're looking for? It's what we use in life, don't we? And also coming from a sense of fun. So parents yeah. don't put that pressure of winning onto their children straight away. It needs to be a sense of fun. Like, are you going out there and having a really really good time? And are you putting in the work of what yeah. needs to be done? Yes. In yeah. order to get that. When when you do win, you go, hey, that often that feels really good. And not to take away the sadness of, of losing, because losing is actually the greater lesson. Mm. You know, mm. you know, I say to young people all the time, the victory of when you do actually win, like if you've gone out and played sport and you played it this week and you lost and you played it next week and you've lost and you do it and you've done ten weeks in a row and you've lost. And I ask kids, I keep their hand up all the time and they'll go, Yeah, 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 I've I've done it. And that 11th week when you win, oh, mm. my God, does that feel amazing. Like, yeah. And that feels, that tastes better than if you won on the first game. Yeah. Because yeah. if you won yeah. on the first game, you'd be like, oh, okay, so this is the standard, this is what it's like. And then you lose the next one, you think, oh, or you've won a couple, then all of a sudden you're not getting where um, the other person that keeps trying and keeps trying and not giving up. You just go, hey, we're not doing that. We're not here to win. We're not here to, you know, it doesn't matter. You're not, your worthiness doesn't come from the trophy at the end. Your worthiness comes from giving it a go and actually learning. That's right. If you contributed your best, if you're, you know, working in a team, if you're, um, you know, working alongside your teammates, all that kind, those are the valuable lessons. But you know what, mate, next time, let's see what we can do a little bit differently. And I think as parents, it's so, such an important reminder how we model to our children, because how often do we model what it's like to win or lose when we're watching a, you know, footy on TV or so? How we react to what's going on there is often lessons that we're teaching our children. Unfortunately, we, we don't realise that often, do we? Well, it's not just that. As parents, like the pressure that they're under, they're under, um, you know, like on the playing field when they're sitting there watching their kids. So if I'm watching my child uh, week after week and I'm losing mm. and then there's another parent sitting next to me, you know, with their bravado, oh, they win and aren't they good? And, <laughs> and the little you know, comments that they're whispering, feel- yeah. Yeah, I'm actually feeling quite crap about myself because 
I'm feeling like my kid's not good enough and why can't my child do as good as their child? And so without even knowing, I've now built up this pressure. I've sat there and watched a game for an hour. I haven't had much fun because I'm now actually walking away feeling like my child's lesser. I'm not as good a parent as what they're doing. Maybe they're putting in extra hours and I'm working more hours so I can't spend that outside kicking the ball around, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. So I'm feeling bad. Then my child gets off and I dump all that pressure on them because I've just had an hour of feeling like I'm not good enough. So I guess that's really about self-awareness and parents noticing. Um, And if there is a parent that's, kind of bravadoing themselves and acting like, well, aren't we good? We're winning all the time and they're doing this and they're good on you. That's great. I'll give you an example of, of, of something that happened with us. We were going, we were up for some awards, the Osmopreneur Awards in Sydney, and we went up there and we were finalists in the last two categories and we went up there and, you know, we had to pay for our whatever and, you know, to get ourselves up there and get, get organised. We did this conference and then we went along to the awards night and we won nothing zero mm. and mm. we were finalists in I don't know three, three categories, categories or something and came home with the zip and we we posted uh, uh we're big losers um a thing <laughs> on social media like yeah. we did a video of ourselves and our opening you know opening scene was us sitting there with a big L on our on our heads <laughs> we made the L shape out of our fingers and put them on our foreheads Loser. like we're big losers mm. and um the amount the amount of feedback that we've had from that from yeah. young people and from from adults about that was so cool that you did that you know we were like oh we're big losers we came away with nothing came up here with finalists of three categories and what do we get a big donut and and, you know we just took a lot of look at it and you know it was okay what did we learn who did we meet um you know the the knowledge that we gained from the conference all winning but did Mm. we actually take home the trophy at the end no does it matter no you know Mm -hmm. look at it from that perspective and we just took the you know, did that great Australian thing of taking the mickey out of ourselves and um, and uh, we've had such a great response. They're like, oh, weren't you scared to post that? Like people were going to think you were losers? No, that was the point. We were losers. And we were sitting on the couch with some chips and hummus and we were, you know. In our pyjamas. In our pyjamas after this big gala ball and we're losers and we're all right with that. So, yeah. you know. Own it and make it work for you is what we say. Yeah, absolutely. Well, ladies, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Again, thank you so much for the work that you're doing, uh, you know, in this space. I mean, being a teenager in this in in this world today, as you, we've said, it is difficult. Being a parent, I think, I've, I mean, I've done lots of different roles and been involved in a lot of different challenging projects. But I tell you what, I think looking back, even now my, my kids are all older, but they're still, you know, they still come to you with issues. And I think parenting is one of the most amazing gifts and or a role that we can play but it's also the most challenging because we get to impact um another human being's life and uh, the things that you've shared today i know are going to be so valuable for parents and youths listening today so share a little bit more about how people can find out about the great work that you do give us your also your web address and other connection details so that people can reach out to you directly so we have a website and that's sonyaandsasha.com.au. So it's S-O-N-Y-A-A-N-D, Sasha, S-A-C-H-A.com.au. Um, they can actually get in contact with us through there and we can actually come out and speak at any of your young people's schools or speak at any of your conferences. And we also speak to, at a lot of conferences regarding um, being in a business partnership because Sonia and I have been in a business partnership for the past 17 years, so how to make that actually work. Um, we have a book called The Two Worlds of Your Teenager, which can be purchased anywhere in Australia in Big W or any major bookstores or 
they can also get it through our website or booktopia.com.au. Fantastic. Social media, everything on social media is Sonia and Sasha. Great. And, of course, we'll put those links on the show notes as well. Thanks once again for coming on the show, ladies. Thanks for having us. Thank you. And that brings us to the end of another show. I know you've taken away valuable information. Please reach out, get a copy of the book if you haven't already done that and certainly check out all of the social media resources that I'm sure they're sharing every single day. Now, if this is the very first time that you've listened to Business and Heels podcast, thank you so much. It really has been an honor that you've spent some time with us today. Remember to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or one of the Google Pay apps so that you can get access the very first time we release another show and we do that regularly. Now, to go to the show notes, you'll see the links over at Ambition entrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash BIH15. That's ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash BIH15. Have a great day, everyone. See you, ladies. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Hi, this is Anne-Marie. Have you enjoyed listening to this podcast interview and have often thought how awesome it would be to have your very own podcast so you can change the world with your message while become known as an influential voice in your industry, but you just don't know where to start? I've created a special gift just for you. It's my free mini training, Podcasting with Purpose, where I share the key things you need to know to stand out, be heard and influence your audience from your very first podcast. I'm also giving you access to my podcast production workflow checklist where I share what I do step by step to create a podcast. I'm also going to give you access to a checklist of no cost and low cost tools to get you started. To access my podcasting with purpose mini training, go to www.annemariecross.com forward slash mini training. That's annemariecross.com forward slash mini training.